0: Shalom, shabak, bitches. Welcome to the Last Set Podcast, and today I am back with my brother from another mother, Jamil. What is good, man?
1: What's happening? What is good? The Lord is good. The ground is good. The rain is good. The sky is good. And damn, these banana oats I just had before I got here, they are pretty damn good as well, baby.
0: And And man's wearing a poncho as well. I've done 128 episodes. You're the first person to wear a poncho, too.
1: I've got a legit Apache Chief poncho, and underneath it, I have a legit um, Cherokee Tribe Shirt from Ten Tree. So when you buy the shirt, they actually plant ten trees somewhere around the world, and they give you a GPS tracker of where those trees were planted.
0: It's a pretty cool. Uh, business idea. Ten, okay.
1: ten tree. Where do you
0: even Where do you even get something like that from, man?
1: Uh, I used to be a very avid backpacker back in the day, so I, 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 I backpack. Uh, yeah, I was a <laughs> bit of a hippie. So there was a site called Ten Tree, and the whole concept was you buy a shirt or or anything from there, and they plant ten trees with your purchase. And um, they make pretty good shirts. And this poncho, I have got a free amount of Oracle place. Of course, Fremantle. I'm just walking around. I just finished work. There's an Indian dude just selling ponchos out of his van. He's like, brother, it's COVID. I've got <laughs> no money. They kicked me out of my shop, brother. They kicked me out of the shop. I was like, "It's with stuff. I got you. How much is that poncho? 60 bucks. Holy shit. Can you do 40? Okay. Let's do 45. <laughs> Done. And I bought a sick-ass poncho. Wow. W- when was this? Oh, this is probably about a year and a half ago. Or oh. no, oh, even two years ago when COVID was rampant and there was a huge lockdown and every business had to close. Like Fremantle
0: was dead. Yeah, that was the big thing. Like when we had COVID two years back, for the first time, like all those small places, like, went out. Um, yeah, we went out business Nuts. back. W- back when I was stripping, we used to actually have an office there, and we moved out before COVID. Yeah, so we got so lucky because we actually had a flood. Oh, In the right. office, yeah, we it had a flood. flood there. No, no, so not flood. What happened was one of the water pipes burst. Oh, okay. So it when you say flood, I'm like, what? Did it rain? No, or something. Did you just put the roof on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what happened was um, we it was a it was a water pipe that burst, and then we moved out like f- four months before COVID. Yeah. And then what happened was there was always these little coffee shops we would always go to. Yeah. There's little bars, restaurants. It was like this place down the down the side where it did like the most amazing waffles as yeah, well. They nice. made their homemade waffles. Yeah, nice. We go back there after COVID, everywhere's boarded up, everywhere's shut down, like, COVID's almost a ghost town Like I'm yeah. surprised Even Metro Sorry I can't say Obviously I'm surprised The nightclubs down there are Still going That's the main oh, thing Oh people
1: always pumping. you know In the entry of pingers Well there's a wheel <laughs> There's a way You know what I'm saying If they can't <laughs> If they can't get in the club They're going to the bush doofs They're going <laughs> They're going out down To Dunsborough man have you, have, have you ever been To a bush doof Joey? No I haven't Dude I went to a bush doof Once to experience I felt like I was Louis Thoreau Going right into it Into the experience man What is it about those That are so popular?
0: Like, what is yeah, it make
1: sense it's like, it's like a club like a secretive club you got to join like back at the time when I did it like I found about it for a friend at work she was a bit of a hippie herself he's like yeah I'll I'll put you on the secret Facebook group so it's a legit secret Facebook group called Stargates worldwide or something like that you go in people just talk to each other and I went there with my little crappy Kia Rio and what we did is I was like hey guys I put in the the Facebook group page I was like hey I'm going by myself I got a free car if anyone wants to jump in with me come in I had like 10 random messages so I ended up picking up these two um two French girls Two are pretty good looking. One, two, but they just came just to score free drugs. They just wanted to get LSD and acid. Okay. Then I came with, then this German backpacker came along Picked her up. She was there just for the rave because how you know, Germans just love raving. She was there just for the rave, mm-hmm. and she was doing the Saganem style dance dance before it was even big. I was like watching her dance in the rave. I was like, "What the hell is this girl doing?" <laughs> and she was doing the Saganem style dance. Before it was not good? And then we picked up the Italian bird, this Italian guy, um, uh, Rodrigo. But he only went because he fancied the Italian bird. So he went there just to tag along with us. So we're going there, Makira. We're going off the rocks. The two um, French birds—they're off trying to score acid. German girls are having a mad time, and the—I think the Italian guy—I uh, think he ended up hooking up with the um, the German bird, and they ended up sleeping in a tent in the middle of the night together
0: in the middle of the bush stuff. It was awkward. <laughs> cool. I was like, "Say, was this a bush stuff or the United Nations meeting you went it to?" It was. It was a bush stuff. <laughs> it was
1: like people like twirling around fire sticks, doing glo- twirling glow sticks. Oh hear here's a. On the background This is till going to 4am The Italian bird Ended up sleeping In a sleeping bag In the middle of the bush dog With the German bird I think he fingered it In the tent We also we were all watching But we're, everyone was just Half their faces So he's in there Just you know Just banging away In the tent In front of everyone I'm like Whoa okay Get on your boot Dude And then it got to like 2am I was like These guys are still partying hard huh? These guys are still Tripping I was like all right, guys, I'm going back in my car. I'm driving back to Perth. If you're coming with me, coming with me. If not, you can stay here and find your own way back, and they ended up coming back with me. But, yeah, it's wild, man. There's bush doofs.
0: Wow. Yeah. Is this pre or post hippie phase this, or during hippie phase? I think this
1: might have been just after I finished my backpacking, so I was still in that zone of just meeting wild, crazy people. Yeah. How long did
0: you go backpacking for?
1: Uh, I did it for about two years on and off. So work for a bit, go work for a bit, go work for a bit, go. Wow, dude, I was loaded back when I was in my early twenties. I had four, I had like forty k in my bank in my early twenties, just for saving and working and in general and a large, um, generous loan for my family, as Donald Trump would say. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, man. So I was on a backpacking trip, backpacking. Yeah,
0: fuck. See, so here's the thing: when people go backpacking, they're like, "Oh, I got to find myself. I got to find myself." And that question: Does anyone actually ever really find themselves in life? You know.
1: The two, two, with that they will, they'll either find themselves sometimes they do and sometimes they just end up getting more lost yeah, you know, what called?
0: do you do once you find yourself?
1: oh once you find yourself then you gotta find what your purpose is and once you find your purpose is then you can find a goal of what you wanna achieve start a business start uh, whatever events you wanna do get more confidence so once you find yourself that's when you start doing what you are made to do and what you are putting this earth for
0: yeah, and then I say isn't that just life?
1: that's just life you know once we find out what we wanna do that's where we we'll go from there
0: Yeah. well that's, that's the thing like um i always tell people don't bother finding yourself mm. don't ever bother it cuz how can you define finding yourself it's very subjective joe i know it's very, very subjective, subjective. Look, yeah. it, hey man, it's is subject. It's it's us, tonight, you know. This is it now. No script. You know, yeah. we're going deep. You know, people got go 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 the vape too. I know. Oh <laughs> I'm on the
1: vape zone, and people go for a wild zone. People go for wild faces. You know, back when I was, uh, you know, in my hardcore Christian phase before, I was backpacking man. I was seeing some wild things. I remember one time I was with this pastor, and we were performing this exorcism on this dude. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you you've actually seen an exorcism. Yeah, I've lived a wild, crazy life, Joe. So we're performing <laughs> this exorcism, and the guy's like, shabba blah blah, and these demons just get out of there. I'm I'm here holding this guy down. He's like convulsing. I'm just holding him down. He's like, hold him down. Down. Oh, I'm down. This guy was getting violent and all that whatnot. you see all these crazy things. Then I did the whole Christian um, phase, playing the the church band phase because really? I, was, I was I was Christian famous in the scene. I walked through Juniper Shops, count Shops, seeing all these famous Christian hipsters. And they're like, "Oh, bro, what's up, man?" And, then, and I'm with my mates. like how do you know all these people? I just, I'm like, "Bro, I just know. Literally, I just know these guys from the church scene." Yeah. Um, did that phase for a bit. Then the, did the backpacking phase for a bit. Um, then I disappeared off social media for a bit. I lived down south for a bit, and now I'm just doing you know the jiu jitsu thing. You know, I'm like yeah. the, I'm, the, I'm the shame Warren of jitsu for Perth, baby. You know, I still drink, I still drink, I still smoke, I drive fast, I listen to my Eddie's music loud, and I do a bit of jitsu, baby. I grip it and I rip it and I pull it by the hair. That's how I live my life.
0: And you're a black belt now. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, yeah. finally. There's the last time you were here. We were obviously talking about one of the questions asked. Oh, yeah. So, how do you, how far do you reckon you are? And he's like, Nah, no, nah, no, nah. Don't worry about oh, it. Yeah. I like, it. I was like, I was like, I'll to wait five years, and I think maybe like a year and a half
1: later. That's what I got it after when I did the last podcast. Yeah, with yeah. you, because I was a brown belt for like maybe yeah, I could saw sort of five years, and I and I switched schools from my previous school to now with ammo with under Adam Matkoff. And uh, I think we were just chatting one day. He goes, How long have you been at a brand belt for, actually? He's like, Oh, for about five years. And I was like, Jesus Christ, come to the next grading. You're, you're all right. You're a good role. Yeah. I've seen your progress. You're going to the next grading. I was like, All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so, and it just happened just, just like that, you know. So, yeah, we've got yeah, we've got a pretty good relationship, me and Adam Metcalf. You know, I, I usually do twice a week at his, mostly of the gear stuff. And I've got a very good relationship with the boys down at Drillich Combat Academy. Yeah, I see Gilbert. you putting a lot of stuff out uh, there. DC, yeah. yeah, they're just 10 minutes down the road for me. Um, very good close friends with Anthony and Brandon. And Adam knows that. He knows that they're close to me and I'm very good friends there. So he lets me go and train there as I choose. He knows that I coach there as well. So um, the, the relationship between Emma. and... And Drillich is uh, very, very close and um, you know, it's one of those new things now and Adam's like totally open to it and totally accepted for me to go and cross train to other schools, especially at DCA. And he's so and he loves it. He loves it.
0: Yeah, so that's actually one thing that I'll definitely see what well, I wanted to point out. You're not just there, but you're almost so you're also everywhere.
1: You I'm know, every, uh, you're everywhere. Yeah,
0: everywhere. You, you you go to I think you go to Match Shark sometimes, sometimes you yeah, go uh, to yeah. Uh, was it you sometimes at Riddlers is just down the road from here. Mm. So what's your stance on cross training now? Uh, well because uh, some people yeah. guessed it. well back in the day back in the early like you know 2000s
1: even you know jitsu was like very very tribal like so you gotta, gotta stick here you gotta stick there but it really just came down from the old school thinking of traditions back in the old sc- old days of, of, of brazil where it was very tribal back when the competition was so fierce because it all come down to especially in brazil when like it wasn't club rivalry it was also even like town and style rivalries and now our jiu-jitsu style is the best now our jiu-jitsu style is the best because you know you'll see on like Instagram posts the greatest are like oh no it's all about humiliating respect but no man they were kicking down doors they were raiding schools they really? were like beating dudes beating dudes up because they didn't have like their happened style in no this happened in Brazil oh,
0: okay the yeah, yeah. if
1: you go deep into the history of Grace jiu-jitsu they were literally going out even in the street and just beating people up true you know so it really came down to that where back when everything was so tribal and so um, segregated but now in this new scene because uh, where jiu jitsu is now becoming, it's, it's emerging from a martial art to now into a legitimate sport. Mm. So now people just now want to ch- cross train to get better. Like this guy, he knows these techniques better than I do. I'm going to go see him. Maybe this crew, they're really good at this particular style. I'm going to go see them. So everyone w- wants to get better and better. So everyone's just like, you know, taking bits and pieces from different people and just using it for their own. I mean, and there's mine, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there is. Because everyone just now wants to get better for the sport and for the sport to go grow and get better. Everyone, you need to network and build those connections because um, like I said if people weren't cross-training or networking jiu-jitsu would still be at the level where it was maybe 10, 20 years ago underground UFC style underground very you know it's on the side but now jiu-jitsu is a very worldwide thing you know I could go on Facebook and Instagram and find memes of secular pages about jiu-jitsu you know stuff like you know, I can go on bet and they're putting up jiu-jitsu meme. people know what it is mm. but, and it became like that because now people are cross-training, they're networking with other people, they're meeting other people, they're hoping to um, just be friendly with other people and that's um, that's how the sport's got to grow and if you don't like it, well, too bad you can stay in the past. because guess what? The sport's got to get bigger and better and this is the way of the future. We're not living in 1999, baby. We're living in 2021 and this is where it's got to go. It's either move with it or get left behind, baby. Boom, shabak. Because... <laughs>
0: Well, when we're talking about like terms of, like martial arts, there, w- when it comes to cross training as well, and you know, we started off in Brazil because. It's like when it came to uh, Japanese martial arts, like yeah. or Chinese kung fu, like it was a re- it was like an insult for a Westerner to be practicing Chinese kung fu because it was their thing. I was just watching a Bruce Lee documentary before I got here. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah, well, yeah.
0: which one though? Because apparently um, one a, of them's really, really bad. well. This is
1: the one that I just found on Disney Plus. It's, it's literally called uh, "Be Like Water." It's on Disney Plus. I was I only watched the first twenty minutes. It's, pre- it's still pretty good.
0: Okay, because there was one that they did. There was a Bruce Lee documentary they did, it and they absolutely hated it because it had no no relevance whatsoever a lot of the stuff they got was factually incorrect because yeah. I read I also read his biography yeah uh, literally it's just called Bruce and all that and it's this giant book and I talk about all yeah. these controversies and then People need to understand. When people tell me, "Oh, dude, he was like actually the biggest dick in Hollywood." Yeah. And they say that, and then they got offended. I'm like, "Yeah, well, he kind of needed to be to prove a point." Though, yeah. Because it's like, yeah, it's like, have
1: you seen the film um, "Once Upon a Time in yes. Hollywood"? Yes. And Quentin
0: is like, "Yeah, but he was a dick." <laughs> he was. But it's not that we're trying to insult his name and all that. But he had to be because he was standing up for his um for his race when yeah. all the people who sorry all Asian people or Chinese people they were usually seen as like. My characters or yeah. villains or insults, yeah. pretty much in every like Hollywood back then. He was like the first one of the first guys to come out and actually expose people to martial arts and movies and that culture, Chinese. Yeah, culture yeah, well. Cause
1: especially with the Chinese, because you got to think about because not only was he rejected in um, the US, you know, he did a few um, TV shows, but in Hong Kong especially, there was still a lot of like even racial tension. Going on with asians and asians because Hon- and even asians with um, westerners because hong kong they had the um the british colonial rule for about a few hundred years mm-hmm. and that was a big um Oh, that's a big debacle in itself, you know, the whites versus the, the Hong Kong and Chinese. And then you have the Japanese as well not getting along with the Chinese as well. So uh, for, to be a Chinese man in Hong Kong back in the day, a few hundred years ago, it was a loose, loose situation. No one liked you. So, but Ruth really wanted to prove the point to um, show you the Chinese culture Chinese martial arts to both um, Asian cultures and Western cultures in the US. And that's where it really, really. Um, um, blew up, and he was so open to it. You know how he was open to it. Jo- uh, Joy Turn Do you know why he liked white people? Well, guess what. The guy married a white bird. Okay, so yeah. that's how you knew he was he was down for the white. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean. So, um, and
0: uh, it was sa- it kind of sad though because he had a mistress and he died on his mistress's couch. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, there's there's um, hit and miss rumors. I can't remember her now. Uh, Wendy Chan. I could get the ro- ma- name wrong. I'm probably just saying random Chinese girl names. But yeah, he had. Um, they say they had a mistress and he died at a house from like a like a an uh, aspirin or whatever it was. Well, in the say,
0: yeah, true. Well, what happened was in the biography, it talked about, um, there was a lot of theories surrounding his death at the time, but one of the things was he took hash plant and then people, everyone blamed it on the hash plant because of the culture surrounding hash at the time. But from the book, I don't know if it's medically proved yet, but when he did his last movie, um, Way of the Dragon. Yeah, beautiful film. He uh, he actually got his sweat glands removed. Mm. So that was one of the main things. And they believe that he died of dehydration. Obviously him taking... Yeah, so that it was... That Can was happen- the main thing. And when he took the aspirin, they thought, that oh, it wasn't the aspirin that killed him. It was the fact that he was dehydrated from having his sweat glands removed. Yeah. Because he actually also dropped weight in that movie. Yeah. Because the filming schedule was so, like, rigorous. Yeah. All we had to do was, like, live off... I think he just lived off, like, vitamins for a few yeah. days and got dropped down. that's why he was, like, absolutely
1: shredded. Yeah. Shredded the gills. You see him, like, you do his, like, poses. And you just see his wings and his obliques and his... um. Tr- um, His laterals just expand Absolutely ridiculous Shredded He was an inspiration to many Joe And if you think about it If you want to get a Successful in life You gotta be a bit crazy You know what I'm yeah. saying You think of all the Greatest people In their art Kobe Bryant Kanye West Tom Cruise Bruce Lee Gordon Ryan They're all a bit nuts
0: They're all a bit haywire They're all a bit crazy But hey That's what it takes To be the best <laughs> <laughs> And Speaking of crazy, yeah. have you seen the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trove? Oh, I just see the memes. How good <laughs> is it?
1: Uh, one, of the be- one of my favorite things where it's like one of the segments like Amber's like, I hate going to Johnny's house. It was just all men playing guitars. And Johnny just laughing. And then I see this um Instagram clip a few days later of Johnny, he- Johnny Depp and his band Hollywood Vampires with Joey Perry and Alice Cooper seeing heroes. Uh, that was the name of his band, Hollywood Vampires? A band called, it's a super group called um, Hollywood Vampires. It's uh, Johnny Depp. Alice Cooper, Joe Perry and a few others and uh, they do cover songs and it's them just playing like random classics and you see the comment section everyone's like hey, and this is the these are the old men that Amber heard say they were too boring to hang out with wow but here's the thing Johnny Depp He's in his fifties, right? Yeah, he he's just he's aged instantly in the last five years. Yeah, compared to like poor, previously, poor
0: poor guy. I mean, I I gotta give it I gotta give it to him as well. He's been so strong through that whole trial. Oh, I've yeah. seen not everything that's going on, but I've been reading about it, watching about it. Like everyone's just so done with this whole thing. Like even the judge, she just sits there at the end of the day. Like oh, fuck, I've got to keep going through this. And just the way that he's been so calm throughout this whole trial, with that everything he said, the the defense, the sorry, um, Amber Heard's lawyer say like hearsay, here say, hearsay, hearsay. Here say, here say, here and, and then he's just been rubble, like rubble, looking rubble. at them, like you yeah. know, and he's not lost his shit at all. Yeah, I think
1: people just love it because people love that kind of stuff. People like to hear about other people's relationships and be like, oh, I think that's bad. Mine's worse. Oh, maybe my relationship isn't that bad if that's what they're going through. So, you know, people like to relate and compare. That's why everyone's so fixated about this trial.
0: Yeah, it's just. The other main thing is just that the amount of scrutiny that they've been under for, for years and years. And the other thing is just like um all the evidence that Johnny's got is absolutely like insane. Yeah. And then I've been telling a few, some few people, obviously, they're maybe not as informed or educated. But then they say, oh, yeah, it was probably mutual. I'm like, okay, all Amber's got is one video of Johnny losing his shit. And he's got all this evidence testify people testifying witnesses all these text message phone logs and yet you still think this is neutral? i don't know and the other thing is like immediately if a girl takes a shit on your bed that's a red flag
1: oh hard red flag <laughs> it's like uh, it's like amber heard she looked hot and aquaman she was a baby in, in aquaman but after that trial <laughs> but after that trial she is like her attractiveness has now gone to zero you know when you see a hot bird and you're like, oh, she's she's all right. She's pretty good looking. And then you just see red flags, or she just says her does something, and you just notice things. And then instantly her hotness meter, meter just goes down. And all you make like, oh, she's pretty good looking. And, and you're just like, oh, nah, she's all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why it's gone with like one of you like, girls like that, you know? you know. You see them for a second, and then you're like, oh, actually, hold on. Mm, don't know about that. You know
0: what I mean? Everyone's got red flags. Yeah. I think, I honestly believe that everyone's got red flags. And everyone's got issues, everyone's got baggage, yeah. And really.
1: Yeah, in your opinion, Joe, what's the
0: most attractive thing a woman would say to you that's non-sexual? Wait, the most attractive thing a woman can say to me that's non-sexual. Yeah. <sighs> Someone who's just like <laughs> he's thinking now. I'm thinking because yeah. my girl because uh, I'm thinking about my girlfriend now, um, who's working FIFO. Good choice. One of the most fat fat things said is when a girl takes things that are in action for herself, yeah, nice. Like I'm gonna train hard today, you know. And they, uh, you know, I'm gonna do an extra hour of work, you know. I'm gonna do an extra few sets at the gym, or you know, I'm gonna read this or do that. When they focus on developing themselves, yeah, nice. Because it's like, well, it's like that with guys. Like yeah. I feel like the most attractive guys out there are ones who they're constantly fucking grinding on yeah. themselves. They're not chasing. And I believe it's the same for women as well. Yeah, for that, sure. Like, I, I honestly tell women, you guys are like, oh, yeah, you've got to make the girl chase. you got to make the guy chase. It comes down to the person, really, and how much you actually care about them yeah. and all that, and if it's reciprocated. But I tell, tell girls as well, I don't think there's what you find attractive in a guy, you can find a guy will also find attractive in you as well. Yeah, 100%. Like um a ga- a a woman who, you know, works uh, yeah. but um, there's ways to p- there's ways to go about this though, because then it comes down to what the person wants really. Mm. But I feel like if a girl who what I personally find is a girl who works on herself, yeah, develops herself and is isn't afraid to obviously go after what she wants and all that, that to me is a very attractive thing. Like for example, my girlfriend is working FIFO right now, nice. you know, that she's on the mines and I found that like incredibly attractive that she's willing to do this. Yeah. Go work a 12 hour swing night shifts. Yeah. And she wants this as well. That, and even though I don't get to see her, I've yeah. never been more attracted to her because she's never been more hardworking and driven. Yeah. That. Nah, what about you?
1: Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. 100 there, there, Joe Turner, you know, because some people, they can do that long-distance things or set-apart things. You got some guys out there, if they don't text a girl within a day, they go crazy. And you got some dudes dudes and chicks out there where they can, like, you know, spend two weeks apart or spend, like, five days texting or talking to each other and they're fine, you know what I mean? So it all depends on the different personalities right there, you know what I mean? But, yeah, you know, when I see someone, you know, working hard on themselves, growing their own goals, doing their own thing and achieving their own things, but not just that, but actually doing things that they maybe they think they can't do – Maybe they think they physically can't do, it, or they know they got the odds stacked up against them, but they still do it anyway. There's something very admirable and attractive in that, you know what I mean? And um, and in general conversations, you know, um, you know, if a girl is, I'm talking more about communication, you know, what I'm saying here, Joe Turner. Yeah, you know? yeah Communication is you know, key. You know, if a girl comes, and you know, I'm attracted, to, I'm talking to, and she regularly asks me, "Oh, how's your day? Oh, how's your day going?" That is very attractive for a man, for a man to, to hear himself, isn't that right, Joe Turner? Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? All right, I agree. Yeah, you know what I mean, okay. if you're like chatting to a girl, you're chatting to her. You're trying to, like, oh, I'm trying to find out more of this girl, and she asks you, oh, how's your day? How's work? Even if you're together, not together, or maybe you're doing the. You're, still, you're dating or testing the war, you're in talking phase, or maybe you're married. Just asking how your day is is just a huge sigh of relief. You know what I'm saying, Joe? It's a very attractive thing to say. Because then that gets me talking. Oh, my day was like this. How was your day? And that's nice, healthy communication. That's what we want, Joe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? That's what it is. The most attractive yeah. thing we can have in a relationship is just good, solid communication. You yeah, know? Well, you talk to me, I talk to you. You know? It's
0: just, I feel like, well, I mean, I'm 23 now, but. Everyone plays these fucking games When they're, they're in their teens Like oh And they take everything off As like Like a one up mm. Like okay I'm not gonna Or they deli- Play deliberate Like shit tests yeah. Like when play, People play mind games yeah. I've seen it as well In the early 20s Like I'm not gonna talk to him today And see how they respond yeah. Or I'm gonna give them how fast answers, see how they respond. Yeah. When I see people doing that stuff or I see that stuff happen to you, I say, mate, you move on straight away. Yeah. Because or you can just see it how it is, yeah. you know, and just uh, be aware of it. But when people keep I hate it when I see people constantly trying to lure each other or trap each other or play psychological like mind games, it just it's it's very childish and yeah. you know, all that. And if You have to do that to be with someone. Then that person is not worth it.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, because sometimes you got to be all in, all out. You know, sometimes you got to have that open chat. It's like, hey,
0: are we doing this or not? You know, what's
1: going on here? You know, what what do we want? This? Are we dating? Are we seeing each other? Are we just hanging out? Are we just getting coffee? Are we just fucking? What are we doing here? Come on. What do What do do you want? What do I want? You know, this. You know,
0: person is clear on their intentions. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty good as well. Yeah,
1: and then sometimes people just don't know what they want. People just love the chase. Honestly, there are people out there, Mm -hmm. and they just Mm -hmm. love chase they love the attention they love the chase they love the uh, the admiration they love the, the little dirty talk sweet talk all that whatnot and guys and girls do this as well they all do it we both do it you know what I'm saying Joe but Turner no one's really
0: like equal when it comes to the dating scene sometimes oh. I, I I say that because it, Guys and girls, both have We're not fucking dating coaches, by the way, Joe. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. But you know, you, but you're, you're, you're a
1: stripper. I'm a, for, I'm a former I'm, I'm ex ex stripper. I <laughs> mean, yeah, exactly. That's a former. Yeah. You're a former stripper. I'm a former playboy. You know what I'm saying? We, go, we go real. You know, we've had a lot of experiences. You know, we, we've, we've we've seen enough Poontang and wally in our life to last a lifetime. You know what I'm saying, Joe? That's,
0: that's your next. That's your next shirt. Certified for playboy. Yes. Yes. i will going put that on the title. Uh, only. <laughs> Uh or, or what 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 are we talking about? Dating. Um. Okay, I put it this way. Do you think dating right now is better than ever or worse than ever?
1: Um. I think it's it's probably the same as has been for the fifty last 50, 100 years. It's just that the methods of dating has always now changed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the uh, well, back in the day, you know, when you went to, to date someone, meet someone, you go out to a bar. But it, but these days but not a CD bar. You just go out for a drink or go out with your friends or you're meeting for a mutual workplace. Mm -hmm. But now, because we're living in such a digital age, now there's got Tinder, you got Instagram, you got Snapchat. Pop culture, yeah. You know, so you meet people differently and the way that you lead up to dates or where you flirt is now differently now. Yeah. You know, back in the day when you wanted to meet someone, you would generally talk to them, you know, go to their workplace, give them flowers, do all the sweet things. That's why so many, most grant, grant, not our parents, but grandparents at, um, time most of them stayed together in that generation with the yeah. grandparents
0: that's because they're fucking tough like they've been through fucking the trenches together you know, literally you know, dude
1: goes off to war he comes back they're still together you know yeah. I'm saying and she was loyal you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah exactly you know? but today it's different you know with social media you know now we're going to send a dick pic or, or a nude just to keep the intimacy going you know what I'm saying yeah. for some people you know or we gotta keep the the text going on, you know. It's, it's diff- the the application is different now.
0: I think it's because n- there has never been any more opportunity than ever yeah. when it comes to hookup culture. For example, if you are from a town, the only op- the only people you could be with are usually people in that town, or yeah. unless you'd leave. But nowadays, you can talk to someone from fucking like Sydney or Brisbane if you like them enough. They'll fly you over or you fly over there or yeah. Germany. Or yeah. like it, there's, there is no barriers anymore. Sounds, like, sounds, sounds
1: like sugar baby. Fly me over. Fly me over, daddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's that's <laughs>
0: another thing. That's another theory on its own. It's big like, culture in itself. I, yeah, I mean... Pfft what I, I was going Was this It's just There's never been More opportunity There's never been More access to partners Than ever yeah. Because of Tinder Because of Huck-up culture, And it's
1: and it's more open Like the amount Of my friends Close friends And people that I know um, You know Who are now married And got kids A lot of them Met their partner And now husband Now wife Through Tinder Through dating apps or, You know So, yeah. na- so, so there's benefit to it but. Yeah so now It's socially acceptable Now now You know 10 years ago Oh We met through Tinder So oh okay But now it's like Oh yeah cool That's a normal thing You know because uh, like I said, dating um, dating's still the same. Everyone's still going out and doing their own thing, going to dinner. But like I said, the application had to lead up
0: there and how their meaning is that's what's changing. Yeah, this is old news now, but have you seen the Tinder Swindler?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: my God. Oh, my God. I was sitting there. My girlfriend watched it. Um, I didn't. I didn't actually watch the whole thing, but I was reading about it and I saw it in clips. And I thought to myself, the whole time I was thinking to myself, wait. You did, you sent him how, I was like, not once did the uh, interviewer go, wait, you sent him how much? Didn't you think that was a little bit much? Like, Jamil, if I said to you, man, my, ma- my enemies are after me. I need 100K. Yeah. What would you say?
1: I would say, hey, Joe, Joe Turner, have you been hacked? Is this a hack account? Yeah.
0: Because I've been getting, be getting a lot of those messages lately on Instagram. But the fact that these, these, this guy, he built this identity, like a son of a I'm um, like, or is it son of a diamond king and all that? And then yeah. he was flying around and so he had this identity about himself. And really it was just all these women sending money. Like how low and how uh, like insecure do you have to be to build a lifestyle? And who else thought that that was going to last? Like, yeah. be honest. Like, but the same thing I would say to the, say the girls, like, like wouldn't you just think like, Read right between the lines here. Like yeah. you, You're going to do this for a guy you've known just for a short period of time and you don't know anything else about him. You barely see him. He's playing around jets. But if he loved you that much, wouldn't he take you with him as well?
1: Exactly. That comes to that old saying, Joe Turner, the truth will always be revealed and lies never last. Who said that? Uh, I said that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the truth does always come out. And then it, mm. did, it did come out. and the, But the favourite part of the whole... The Swindler documentary was right at the very end when the girl like sells all his clothes. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, I'm gonna you, i get you, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna kill you, and then he's like, No, baby, I love you, and yeah. all that. I was like, Whoa, red flag right there. Just yeah, a quick yeah. change of tone. Yeah,
1: he uh, reminds me of um, if Salt Bay. Was a Tinder swindler.
0: <laughs> oh, That's what I, never, you of. I never thought of when that. When I first
1: saw the guy, I was like, "Is this the guy? Is this Salt Bay? Is he just... Did he just now get into acting? Yeah. You know, the uh, the barbecue store, the kebab shop, wasn't making wasn't making any cash lately. Because I was there, like, there! I'm gonna go into acting. I got a Netflix contract. Yeah. I swear, I thought it was it, it was Salt Bay when I first saw the Tinder swindler. I was like, is that the Salt Bay guy?
0: Salt, well, he looks like Salt. I'm thinking about it now. He looks like Salt Bay if he cut his hair. Yeah, yeah. Exactly <laughs> I was
1: He looks like the Salt Bay guy.
0: Uh, um, have you seen any other like what are like other documentaries that you've seen that made you go- Oh, shit.
1: Uh I haven't seen it lately, but if there's like you know, let's say it's one AM, I should go to bed and I'm like, fuck it, I'll do one more documentary. If I had to go go to doc go to documentaries, I usually just wear, watch World War Two stuff. I'm fascinated really? by World War Two and World, yeah. World War One Joe. You watch any documentary about Hitler, I'm there. Anything about not lost knights of gold, I'm there. Anything about the Jewish Holocaust, I'm there, anything about, you know, why the Kaiser got killed and assassinated by uh, Franz F- and Franz Franz Ferdinand? I'm there, Joe. Yeah. Do you do you
0: um what was, what was I going to say? Uh, do you believe that Hitler's really dead? And we're dropping conspiracy you re- theories. You mean he really died? Yeah. Or did he?
1: Or, or did he fly? Or did yeah, he fly, fly
0: to Argentina. Argentina? We're dropping conspiracy theories. I don't personally believe that he did, because if he did, I reckon we would have found him by found him by now. But the other thing is, I. I believe there's a compelling argument to it, yeah. But I just don't think there's enough. One thing I really enjoy the theory behind is the idea that, that there is like Nazi gold, like hidden somewhere.
1: Oh yeah, there's so much Nazi gold, Nazi treasure still yeah. hidden in the world in bunkers that people are yet to find. It's ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous. More, more gold worth in the Vatican right now, Joe Turner. Okay, mm. more gold in the Vatican. It's ridiculous. And when people find that gold, eventually one day, if they do, God damn, that's billions of dollars. <laughs> Do you know the Vatican doesn't even pay taxes? No, no it's like it's like it's like global. It's, like, it's, like it's like um global mega churches and churches in general. That's like their leap of, because because uh, because as a charity and because they give back to community, that's how they return that threshold. And that's how um most of the time when churches get targeted, it's because of the whole uh, tax thing. But then it comes down to the moral standpoint of uh, the reason why they don't pay taxes because of what they do with the community. If they believe they are doing anything for the community, although mm. what not, so it really comes down. Uh, to that standpoint like I said, Joe, I was ten years in the industry. I was I was balls deep. I was getting groomed to become a pastor and youth leader back in my day. You know and I'm saying,
0: wait, you were gonna be a pastor,
1: dude? I Joe Turn, I did two years of Bible college straight out of high school. Really? And okay. you know, I did two years of oh. theology. I started the Bible. I started all that kind of stuff. You know, do you know when you go to high, you know, in high school, and they get those youth chaplains come out, like, hey, bros wanna come to come to youth group? Play some basketball with us? Ever seen Jennifer Tonga? Yeah, called Chris. Yeah, called Chris. That was me. That, <laughs> was, that was me when I was 21 years old. Joe Turner. Okay. I was called Chris. I was going around to Mandari, Quinn's Clarkson. Hey kids, what's up? Play some basketball. I used to go to the music room, just jam with the kids and back. And That's awesome. Yeah. And, and to youth group you weren't allowed to say church because it was a public school, but oh. you, had, you could say youth group youth and then, group. and then they would okay. come to youth group. They're like, Oh, this is sick. They're playing rock music. They're playing band. They got a live show. This is cool. They got a popcorn machine. And then uh, and, and the service, all right, everybody, it comes down to the end of the service. And the keyboard moves out, he wants to give their lives to Jesus. And, and some kids are like, oh my gosh, I want to give to Jesus. <laughs> and some kids are like, ah, oh, oh, it's a church. Ah oh, no, I got sucked in. So that was my life for uh, quite a long time, Joe.
0: Oh. Yeah. I see. It's the whole exorcism things. And so there's a method to this madness. There's a method to everything, Joe, <laughs> you know. Wow. Two years, man. Like two years of Bible college, yeah. I went to private school my entire life, you know. I went to Catholic schools until my entire life. I, I'll tell you this. Do I believe there is a God? I don't know. They're always always open to that question. But one thing I've always strongly, strongly believed in was karma. Yeah. If that, I say to people, look, if there's God, there's karma. Yeah. yeah. Because I also tell people, look, uh, there's a there's this. I don't know the name of this scientific uh uh scientific evaluation of it or scientific theory, but it has to be slightly like yin and a the yang. There has to be the opposite of everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there has to be good. There has to be evil. If people have to admit that God exists, then people have to admit that the devil exists. Yes. And you know, exactly. It, it's always opposite to everything. Yeah. And it applies to every situation. So there's a good in every situation, but there's also a bad in every situation. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I tell everyone. Yeah. So that's the theory that I believe um, is a, in the concept of polar opposites. And I think there was actually, remembered remember that in like a, documentary or something but there was one there's one documentary i think you would absolutely love because it's my go-to documentary yes uh it's called the fire festival the They're greatest nice. festival that never happened have you seen this yes i've seen that one. Oh my beautiful fucking god like i love, love nothing more <laughs> than watching documentaries about entitled people lose their shit it's crazy <laughs> crazy the fact that this guy Try to set something up In a few months mm. it was insane I remember there was a time In my uh, Time in my Shubi career Like One guy I knew He wanted to have this event And I was like When are you going to do it And he goes Oh in three months And I was like Get fucked Go watch Fire Festival Yeah I was like Yeah three months It was like happen." Fuck man I mean when Also when you watch those things Like You got to oh, man dude, People like that They're either wildly stupid Or very very ambitious When they're trying to set something up there But there were some documentaries I remember, like watching, that are just so fucking good. Like, um, have you seen Iron Cowboy? Iron Cowboy, what is that? Oh man, it's so good. It's about a guy who tried to do. He, no, he did it. He did like forty triathlons in forty days. Oh wow! That'd and God he did one in every. No, I think. I think. How many was it? I can't remember how many it was, but he travelled to every almost every state in America. Right. And did a triathlon per day. There was a, some some things that he did, like swimming. He swam in the pool or rather well, in a lake, or he did the elliptical instead of running mm. because of weather warnings and all that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. But he managed to do it. But when he started, he was just like he had yeah, about ten percent body fat. By the end of it, he was absolutely shredded to the bone. Yeah. He when he tried to swim in the river he had a panic attack and almost caught hypothermia because he did literally did not have enough fat on his body. Just sink. He'll just yeah, sink. Yeah. You know? And then people had to calm him down on the last day. It's going to be yeah. okay. you think of it like,
1: imagine all the the water weight he would have shredded off. being yeah. Both dehydrated and sweating it out, you know what I mean? You know? Um, so yeah, 100% believe that. And, they, and triathlons are huge in America. People love triathlons. And they yeah. got such a good landscape to do it. Correct. You know, very good, very good landscape. To do it here, Australia. You can't do triathlons. You can do some. Kind but they're not. They're not as picturesque as what you can do in America. No, no. they've got no. habitable forests. And land That you can do triathlons You know You go out here in the desert You can't really do that You know <laughs> The best that we got Alright guys Let's go swim to Malalu Go swim around The Dome Cafe and, and meet us back in the park yeah. That's a triathlon in Perth baby Yeah well, we yeah. have
0: fun runs But there's not As many as now As there used to be And all that that's I,
1: go to, I, I go to the HPF fun run t-shirts That's really? now, That's pretty much a meme now Anytime Yeah <laughs> It's like Classic Perth things HPF fun <laughs> run t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> that, I feel like
0: people do do it For the t-shirt though Yeah I do it for the t-shirt It's a nice yeah.
1: t-shirt I see people go, do they gardening in those t-shirts, yeah. Or even just go to like you know when I back and was back at Surge and Wanrooy, everyone was wearing HBF Fun Run shirts just to lift
0: weights. It was, hilarious. it was great. Tell me you're from Perth about telling me you're from Perth as yeah. the main thing HBF Fun Run. Anyway, so let's um let's circle back a little bit. So one thing I wanted to ask you now is so as that's your now that you're a black belt,
1: yes, let's talk jiu jitsu here. Yeah,
0: let's what's um what's what's changed? Do you what's feel like oh I've got a black belt, but what's next for you? Dude, bro? I
1: feel like. When you get to a black belt or when you get to a new belt in general or when you get like a new stripe, you get like a placebo effect. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you tell someone, oh, this drink has alcohol in it. And you're like, oh, yeah, sweet. And you're like, you pretend you're drunk, but you're not even that, there's no alcohol in it. You're really? You're drunk. Okay. It's like that. I believe it's like that with gradings and belts and all that. Once you, le- you level up, you get like a bit where you're like, oh, a bit of doubts." you know, there's no alcohol in this drink or, oh, I don't think I should deserve this belt. But then you you know, you take it or you do it and you start getting really, you re you believe it and get really good. So lately my last rolls, even though I'm injured right now, i got a foot injury. I, my what last, happened? Oh, I was wrong with Anthony Drillich. <laughs> and he's got gorilla hands and he went for a toe hole and it snapped to my foot. But um, yeah, once you get in the zone and you believe that you're at that level or you believe that this is helping you, like in the last two weeks, four weeks, since getting that black belt, my roles have been incredible. Like for me, I feel like I've seen like better roles than myself and I'm very happy with the roles in the training that I've been doing. So, um, yeah, it's been really good. And if you say, um, so I believe I've definitely progressed or feel like I've gotten better just by, you know, getting a new color around my waist. Um, and what's next? Um, I'm trying to get more um, gigs for, for coaching now. Uh, there's, another, yeah. there's a school down south I'm trying to secure to get like a regular coaching gig like uh, two days a week. And although I'm not in another place, um, cause I still do stuff at Drillich, but you know, cause I'm trying to hustle as much as I can, so I'm just trying to make uh, more bits and pieces of money here and there. If I should I open my own school, I don't really have that plans. school. I was going to ask that. I mean, probably not. do you right? have the influence. Yeah, That's yeah, the thing. but um. Uh yeah, but just having my own school and having the capacity of mindset to do that, it's probably not in my mind just yet to do my own thing. I'm pretty happy helping out the George boys at DCA and June Lab and watching that grow right now. Yeah. And just doing my own training. Put it uh, this way, Adam. Yeah, how old are you, man? I'm, I'm 30. Turning 30 this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, damn well, straight. Brilliant. This, that's
0: awesome. This Asian jeans, I've not aged <laughs> for the last this 10 years. Just, my
1: hair, my haircuts have changed, but that's about it. Okay. That's about it.
0: Well, I mean, like, that's the point we're saying, going back to, you know, in terms of purpose, like, what you do in life is always going to change. Like, you're going to, in 10 years, when you hit 40, and you've had your black belt for pretty much 10 years, your mind might, your mindset change. Like, yeah. you're going to want to do, like, maybe want to open up your own school. And yeah. then that's the same thing, like I tell everyone, and not even that, but like boys in their 20s or teens. Yeah. Listen, too much is forced upon you right now to make decisions. You're making decisions now for the first time in your life. Just go with what you enjoy. And then 10 years from now, you know, if you d- just keep trying things, and eventually you're going to get there because you're not the same thinking person you are. In your 20s, in your 30s. Yeah. Like, if I could yeah. go back in time to high school, some of the dumb things I did, I would smack myself. Even yeah. if I go back a three years, yeah. I'd smack myself. Like, yeah. what were you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> but that's a sign of maturity. Yeah. And then once you accept it and then you move on, you progress. That's the main thing. Uh, so, now as a black belt, I mean, obviously you're injured. Like, do you have any intentions with competing
1: or...? Uh, well, usually, like I, I said, I said in previous podcasts, usually I just do things in seasons. So one season for six months, I'll just go hard into jiu jitsu, and then one season I'll go hard into wrestling. So probably around June, I'll go back to wrestling. I'll try and get more comps there. But um, there's, I'm open to like you know jumping into the black belt divisions. and Probably SGT coming up soon. So we'll see about that. See Is it a be. black belt
0: SGT, when was
1: that? Oh, I said, like you know in the. In the black belt division, so yeah, but you know, I've never really thought of myself as a fighter or as a martial artist or as an influencer or as a coach, really, Joe <laughs> Turner. You know, I've just been a guy that just wants to help out and serve. You know, you need a guy to help cover this class, sure. You need a guy to help promote your, sc- your school, sure. You need a guy just to help look after that new person that walks through that door, yeah, sure. You need a guy to just help be a friend to that school, yeah, sure. You know, you need someone just to like press the stop, start on the time of the tournament, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So right now, I'm just happy just helping out, building connections and making some friends. You know, and just. Uh, uh, meeting new people and hearing new experiences and life stories of different, different I think, coaches.
0: I think that's awesome because the fact that you want to just help people, that generally shows what I mean when I tell you about your influence. Like I remember when I had the last competition that we did. Yeah. Um. Shout out to grappling super fights. Yeah. You were there just rolling around helping out the competitors. Yeah, and I was in my suit. <laughs> In, your suit. in suit. Well, yeah. your suit, you weren't even ready in rash guards. You were just there, just slapping hands of everyone, teaching leg locks, and I was like, "Wow, oh, that's just def-
1: so cool. definitely not teaching leg locks. My leg lock game sucks."
0: <laughs> but, but fair enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were at least rolling around with a few people, giving advice. Like you didn't, and you didn't even have to do that. That's the thing. Yeah, you were well, there just to commentate, but you went that extra mile.
1: Yeah, because um, I wanted to help out. Because um, Brenton came there um, by himself with Tennille, and uh, what the goal was like, Adam Metcalf was going to coach him through his match. Um, but I think Adam was chatting to um, Verna, so I was like, and um, Brenton, I love Brenton, but you know, he's, let's be honest, even he'll admit it, he's a very shy guy. So I was like, Brenton, let's do some warm-up roles, man, let's, let's get your game plan going. So said, like, no, 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 uh, I don't want to do it in front of people watching. He's he like, ah, F, ah, f there, man, just practice what you want to do. So I just get him to practice his Baron Bolo, his Baron Bolo's at the top, Baron Bolo's at the back, getting him passing the Butterfly Guard, um, getting out of uh, back control, just did like uh, just practicing his go-to moves, and the moves that he was comfortable with, you know, while I was in um, my dress pants and, <laughs> and uh, my shirt. And he did that on the day, in the match. He he got the Baron ball and Daz, and that secured the fish. He did what he was practicing He did for. great. And of course, you know, I helped that Mel, who's also one of my team weights, just get her in the zone, get her focused. Especially when you go to like Superbike Torms, it's always good to get warm and to get a few practice runs of just passing guard, getting out of this, and getting subs. So that way, you, your, your mind gets fresh and your mind gets in the zone to perform you know what i mean it's like you know when you're about to um do a deadlift or do a do a big jump if you do a long jump you want to do some practice jumps you want to do some practice uh deadlifts with a smaller weight you want to do a bit of stretching you know what i mean you don't want to go in there cold you know what i mean both cold in the mind and both cold in the body so you want to be warm and i am just helping out my friend cuz you know um you know Brenton's one of my good good buddies as well there um so yeah, it was a very 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 good day, you know, and you know I'm happy to help out Werner and all that one. And he's a very good guy. He's he's um we've had some very good DMs and chats yeah um, over the months. And yeah, so happy happy to do so.
0: I'm just happy. I'm I'm also quite proud that you're, you know, you doing all this for BJJ. Your motivation hasn't dropped because I was reading like some guys they get black belts and then if, even if they just make it to black belt, they they could just like they just stop because they feel like okay if you reached the highest level now. There's no point going any further, but it's the ones who keep going off that and keep like promoting. Yeah, I mean that's that's huge. That's huge in your part because the fact that you're still going, constantly moving around, plus you're working a full time like what labor job? Oh, that two was, jobs. Two jobs. <laughs> two jobs. Yeah. There you go. And then you know driving around different schools when you don't have to. So that's like the the what like that's that's almost like the way to worry. I would say. Yeah,
1: and as we were saying before. That's how Jiu-Jitsu has got to grow. That's how perfect yeah. Jiu-Jitsu has got to grow and people network and people make um, more connections. Because for me, I'm just hanging out with my friends. When I Because mm. when I go down to Rizla- Riddler's just down the road, I'm just hanging out with my friends. You know, I know some of the people that work at the admin desk. I know some people that, that do the Muay Thai and do the Jiu-Jitsu. I'm just hanging out with them. I want to get some good roles in. You uh, know. Well, the
0: next thing I really wanted to ask you was, um, oh shit, with your... Podcast that you used to run Yeah Coffee and Chokes I yeah. never really asked What happened to that You know Oh uh, it just
1: fizzled out With the season Where you know Instead of just Going around and just like you know, Interviewing and getting Moved for the week So I just wanted now Just go If I had to visit science, I just wanted to train just Okay to Train and roll So uh, it just became Down to more of like Ah oh, that was a good season I, I Got some, enough people That I liked on there If I had a, another reason To do it You know Or someone really asked reached out to me Say hey can I do a podcast Or Can I, can I film this with you I got some things I need to say, some things I need to show, then yeah, I'll be, I'll be open to it. But right now, you know, it was just like, oh, it was a good season. Now I'm just happy just helping out at Drillich, um at Drillich Combat
0: Academy and helping Vernon with the grappling superfights. Isn't one of them Drillich guys fighting on the next Eternal? Yeah, Anthony. Anthony, yeah, are you involved in any way helping him out or that?
1: Uh, he does all his training for Scrappy, so he actually represents Scrappy MMA oh, um, okay. when does MMA fights. So he, he runs the school with his brother, Brandon, but when he goes out to do his MMA fights, he's fully under um scrapping MMA under Ben Vickers oh. and Ben supports him and gives him all his fights. So I think in the first when he had his first fight booked, um me myself and the a few guys from DCA we helped Anthony out. You know specifically give him some, like hard Shark Tank rounds to prepare for that first fight. But his fight just ended up can, getting cancelled to COVID. So oh. we're just like oh stuff it. So Anthony just just does it all. his hard train just free scrappy, and he comes into drills just to help coach out here and there. And he's easily one of the best lightweights in Australia. His hands are like bricks, man. If you you take one of his hands to the face, or even just like a leg lock from Anthony, just mauls you, man. He's like a you know a baby grizzly bear. <laughs> baby the strongest. Grizzly bear. He's like you know he's like maybe same same division as me, same size, but
0: man, he's freaking strong, man. Like yeah. brute chef strong for his size, ridiculous. Would you Do you see yourself like continue on with the commentating? Do you reckon you can make like something out of that? Uh, because when I was there, when I was watching that crap in Supervice, I was like, oh, and I went, went back through the audio. I was like, okay, we're onto something here. Like, yeah, very well spoken. Is that something maybe you feel like you could pursue?
1: Well, if, if people would ask me, I and mean, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Okay. Cause, cause talking, I can, I'll do that for free, man. I'll go those for free, just talking, you know. Um. So if people, people want to ask, and people say they need help, I mean, yeah, sure, I'll do it, just to help them out, you know. Because you know I me, mean, Joe Turner, When I go on a rant, when I keep talking, I get in the zone. Even this, even last night, I, I was just in the zone. I did, <laughs> I did this, like inspirational will quote. And everyone, I look back at it now, today, I'm like, oh, that was so cringy. Should I leave it there? i like, oh, fuck, I just leave it there. Okay, leave it there. You know? I mean, but wh- I, thought, I thought that quote in my head. I was like, yeah. That's, that's sick. That's deep. You know, when you're trying to like put a caption on your Instagram and you listen to like a famous Drake rap song, you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, feel that. I feel that. Then you rewind it. It's like, no, 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 different quote, different quote. And then you go and Google quotes by Drake. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. You know, I'm a king for your queen. You know, I was like that. Nah, I was just in the <laughs> zone, you know. So sometimes I just get in the zone and just ramble on, you know. Right, and I've um, always had a really loud and fast. Um, what do you think that voice. comes from, though? Oh, it, it 100% comes back from my church days. Really? Yeah, just like, speaking and preaching and, and um, presenting, oh, you or, uh, as well, yeah, bits and pieces, you know, wow. stuff like that, and playing music and all that whatnot. Just all came back. Everything I've learned today from jitsu came from just being in the church scene, being wow. a, like a super Christian, growing up as a Christian. In, were and, you, were in you band, in youth band? No, no, no. I got like born again, saved when I was like um, probably seventeen at the end of year twelve. So
0: yeah, what well, were they dunked you in the, the river or something? Oh or no, that was, that was baptism.
1: uh well, yeah, I got baptized probably when I was like eighteen. That was a uh, yeah, that was actually a w- uh, one of echo motion, actually. Um, so that's when I first became a Christian, and I was like in that scene for like a good solo, like ten years, you know, doing that, doing the band thing, doing the youth group thing. So and everything I learned from there didn't had deal with people, had deal with um, different groups. Le- I learned that now in jiu jitsu because everything I'm seeing now in the jiu jitsu scene, I already, I've seen that all in church, especially in, in the whole cliques things. You know, back in the day, you leave a church, they shun you for life. Why? It's, it's just what they do it's like you're dead to them you'll have them on Facebook you know and the minute you start accomplishing things, they won't give you any notice at all it's the same sometimes with Jiu Jitsu scenes the minute you leave a school or leave a group of Jiu Jitsu friends it's like you're shunned it's like you're dead to them not 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 now recently but that happens in Jiu Jitsu you know you leave a school you leave an organisation or association and you just get shunned you know well, what I mean
0: I mean there is definitely that culture
1: that happens in any, the, yeah. any and culture can, but that can happen work, with any culture yeah, work, work really? culture sport culture it happens in it's just what people do yeah you know, the minute they see, they see someone leave their little group it's like oh man we trust you we held you in we looked after you and then you go off and do your own thing you're dead to us now and that happens in a lot
0: of different social circles it's just what people do it's the, weird the best like type of thing i can give you an example for that is when that happens in english football cultures yeah like if you're an arsenal player and you've been an Arsenal player for years and you go and play for Tottenham oh it's, oh, it's taboo <laughs> Sol Campbell you bastard <laughs> Cam- <laughs> you know? oh god I was about to use him as an example yeah like that's the kind of stuff where people like throw bottles at you and all that while you're playing yeah Adebayor <laughs> oh, but man. Adebayor
1: had a good reason they were chanting like really bad racist things to him and then when he scored that goal against Arsenal that derby oh. and ran from one end of the pitch to the other end of the pitch and s- and celebrated right in front of the Arsenal fans and they're like throwing bottles at them that was but he did that for good reason because they were chanting Edaba your, your dad washes elephants and your mum's a whore so, what? That's so bad no so he way. had good reason to go and celebrate in front of the fans but it's true you leave a football club in England like you got Arsenal Tottenham or you go to um you know like Liverpool to like man you it's like Whoa buddy it's like you're you're dead to them now you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah
0: uh, that that's that's true. Do you follow any of that English football league? Oh, I love English football. I really? am, I am an Arsenal fan. Oh, you're an Arsenal fan. Yeah, okay, always, always. Well, I mean, I'm a West Ham United supporter because yeah, nice. I was born in Bromford. Yeah, nice. Um, but obviously, I was asked this now. Who do you think is going to win the title this year? Like, do you reckon it's going to be gone to Man City, or do you reckon it's going to be Liverpool? I think Liverpool. They're having such a fucking run. I get it. They, yeah, yeah. I, like,
1: I don't, I don't like any of those teams, Manchester or Liverpool. But, but the, I like to watch Manchester but, fail. But, yeah, but the, yeah, exactly. Because they got so much cash, it's just fun watching them fail. But Liverpool have, in general, they have a likable team. They've got like a really good squad, and I like the people on their
0: team at Liverpool. So um, I'd rather watch them to win. Yeah, than, than Man City. By the way, did you? I mean, remember on the last uh, season that we did. Oh, sorry, the last episode that we did together, we talked about Peaky Blinders and it finally came out. Have you seen it? Is it on Netflix now? It's um, not on Netflix uh, now. I oh know it's out, but yeah. I'm waiting for it
1: to come on Netflix because I can't be bothered getting the subscription to get the other channels. So I'm just waiting for yeah. it to come on Netflix. I yeah. know it's out. I've only seen bits and pieces of it for Instagram.
0: Oh, for man, it's, it's fucking good, man. Like this year, I mean, already there's been shit loads of good TV shows and movies that like recently like just like came out. But Pick Your Blinders, like the last season that came out, I reckon it was a masterpiece. Oh,
1: Pick It they have gone, they've done so well from where they started to it, to where they are now. Yeah. so good. i will freaking love the Pick It Blinders. Thomas Shelby, the Gypsy King. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about baby.
0: Yeah. Have you? Um, there was one other thing that was quite controversial. Have you seen the uh, the new Batman movie? I mean, like obviously it came out a couple months ago. Oh,
1: fucking um. I know,
0: I know it's really good. Just seeing
1: the bits, but I'm just waiting for it to come out on TV because I'm a, I'm a stingy poor ass. I haven't been bothered to, go, to pay for it or go watch
0: it. So I'm just waiting for it to come really? out. Really? Like what was the last movie you saw at the cinema?
1: Oh, that's a good, very good question.
0: Wow. I, oh I, know, I know,
1: I know, I know. I've, I've seen some movie recently at the cinema. I just can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know i have seen something recently. I saw it with my brother. I can't remember what it was. It was. Okay, I don't know. Skip that question. But I, but it's been a long time, Joe.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, Batman's you- good. Yeah, well, how, how,
1: how good is um, what's his face? Um, Cedric Diggory, what's his name? Robert Pattinson. That's it, you know. When,
0: everyone thought he was going to be dog shit, but he proved everyone dude, wrong.
1: If, if people have been actually been following Robert Patton's career, he's done so many good indie flicks in the last five, ten years, like underground B grade indie flicks, like really good dramatic performances. This is one he did one with, um, William Dafoe, and it's in black and white. What's and it called? I can't remember what it's called, but they're basically in a lighthouse, and it's right passing William Defoe, and they're both at the movie it's about both of them like pretty much getting insane about living in a lighthouse together and it's in black and white and it's be, and there's like maybe like two minutes of, of actual vocal dialogue in the whole film and what it's, and it's them just got you know just, just come to insanity in the lighthouse and then spoilers alert it turns out that William Defoe character wasn't even real it was actually Right Patterson's imagination wow real good film it's black and white he's done so many good indie, indie B grade films for Robert Patterson over few years he's like a Casey mm-hmm. Affleck
0: yeah you know what
1: I mean he's like he's not bigger like his brother
0: but he's in the underground indie scene he's huge have you seen, there's a movie Casey Affleck made and it was so good it got no attention but it got and attention. It was called Manchester, Manchester by the it. Sea. Yeah. You seen it?
1: film, yeah, great film. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Casey Affleck said it, and the chick from Dawson's Creek, baby. Yeah, the,
0: blonde, the main chick is the chick from Dawson's Creek. When she, um well, so when he was in the interrogation room and he was telling her, telling him about what happened, and yeah. he lit the house on fire and it was an accident, mm. and then he kept going even though he knew he probably lit the house on fire, and then the, the police officers like, well, well, we can't prosecute him for making a mistake, and he's just like, what? And then he gets out of the interrogation room and he like, just reaches for that guy's gun and he just, like, phew, tries to blow his head off. Not so. And then, obviously, the gun didn't go off and all that because the safety was on. Safety he tries on, to go yeah. again. All those guys just, like, get on him. Yeah. That is considered, like, one of the most, like, saddest scenes mm. of that movie. But it was, like, prime, prime acting for C- him.
1: Casey Affleck's a beast. Yeah. He's under, he's an under- underappreciated beast in the Hollywood scene.
0: Well, I always always said to people, if you're ever going to make a Nightwing um Movie one day. get Casey what, Affleck. Casey Affleck, you think because, Casey Affleck would be good ben, Nightwing? Yeah, because Ben Affleck was Batman. I know. So I, I, know but I
1: want I want a Nightwing with a pale skinned dude with jet black hair, I need a half Asian to play Dick Grayson, okay? You know what I'm saying? A half a half Asian. <laughs> Nightwing is a white, pale white kid, <laughs> tall, six foot, that can do acrobatics with jet black hair, damn it. That is Nightwing. Yeah. If they get black Nightwing, I was like, stop this, stop this now, stop this whole racing gender thing <laughs> Keep to the comics, damn it.
0: Well, uh, okay. All right. Let me ask you about that then. What's your stance on things like that? You know,
1: oh, they change comics.
0: characters like that in comics or movies or TV shows.
1: Uh, I don't mind they change characters. They're good, but I just don't like it when they do it just to fit the agenda of like, Oh, we want to be Thank diverse. You. We want to be diverse. You know, it's like, Oh, I don't, I don't care. I, I appreciate gay people and trans people and black people. I just want a good character that is true that to the, true to and the true. story and an actor that wants to play this character. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, well, I remember mean, there was a thing. There was this is got a little bit off script as well. But I remember there was a situation where people. I think it was Sia. She made a movie, right? Yeah. And the um, it was starring a woman and her autistic daughter.
1: Yeah. So um, the daughter was played by Maddie Ziegler, the girl that's always in the music videos, and the woman. Pretty sure. Well, who was it? She was um. One. She was in a famous sitcom back in the day. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, the chick from the chick from um. Uh, uh, Gilmore Girls.
0: Okay. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know but who the actors are, but thanks for clarifying. But the fact that they were they were mad that she hired a non-autistic actor to play an autistic actor. And she got so much crap for it, right? The movie didn't even do that well. But then you got a TV show like The Good Doctor, called The Good Doctor, which is on Netflix, which is a great TV show, by the way, yeah. where it's about a, a man playing... A but he is
1: actually autistic, the real actor, isn't he?
0: I, didn't think, I don't think is he he is. Is. Is oh, okay. I don't think he is. Is he? I don't think he is. That's nice. the, that's good the point. That's where choice. I'm trying to go with this. Oh, like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's. Oh, if, if he is, I mean, I've made a huge fuck up. But they do that where they get people with disability who don't have disabilities to play people with disabilities. They had to go at Brian Cranston when he played a quadriplegic in a movie, and they're like, "Why are we getting an able-bodied person to play a quadriplegic?" Because it's called acting. And let's be real; <laughs> it's hard to
1: find a person. Let's say he's got this and this to be against them and to, to act well and to do the script well and to work with well. Because there's one thing to read a script and act or do the music video or sing a song yeah. but to actually work with them in the behind the scenes process is a whole different thing. Alright, Greg, are you ready for a shoot? <laughs> far out. I just said, are you ready? You know what I mean? You know how some people just go into rage fits? You know, it's <laughs> hard to work with. So <laughs> <'cause> it's hard... <laughs> You know, again, to read something is fine, but actually work in office with them is another thing. So, you remember, even a casting director, yeah. and you want something to help you with a podcast or a movie or a reel or an Instagram video. You you, need, you want something you can work with behind the scenes easily, yeah. you know. But I tell you this, Joe, if you're autistic or you got some one of those things, if you believe in those things with you, dude, if you go hard into what you want to do, you get you do so well. I'm fine, one not, of my yeah. good friends, Brian Second, he's got ADHD and all that, whatnot. He goes hard into business hard. Um, Mark Musa Musa Meshi you know, 100% is on the spectrum. He goes hard in jiu-jitsu because once they focus on what they want to do and what they want to pursue, they do it 100% and they eliminate any distraction, any um, error that they see, you know, because I can go to jiu-jitsu and I get distracted, you know, I'm w- listening to the professor um, to demonstrate the technique and I'm off in the clouds. You get someone with like, you know, a learning deficiency or whatever you want to call it. They zone in and they focus and they get so and that's why they get so good at that chosen sport because they don't see that they take out the errors and they don't get distracted like we do. You know what I'm saying, Joe? So, uh, um, like I said, there's so, yeah. a good and bad in it.
0: Yeah. So, so, I'll give you another example. So, like when I'm rolling or when I'm train, uh, when I'm rolling, obviously it's notice, guys. That to everyone, I'm I'm deaf. I'm completely deaf. Yeah. Obviously, I lost my hearing when I was three. I have cochlear implants. These things can get damaged easily, so I don't wear them when I roll. But I tell people it is not a disadvantage not to hear anything when you're rolling because when I'm rolling my my thoughts are so clear and so loud I can think so much better when I'm rolling and so I'm like okay he's he's trying to take you back okay cross your arms over tuck your neck in tuck your chin in and then there's obviously the music going on around the gym there's obviously the professor trying to yell the guys next to us grunting people talking I hear none of that all I hear is my own voice I love that. And well, that to me is like, even though I've got a disability, to me that's a superpower. So that's what I mean by like the good and bad and everything. That's yeah, because you can just something.
1: focus on that one zone and everything comes. It's like a movie where everything goes, you know what I mean? And you know, you know what the back tastes it, you know what the arm is, you know? Um, that's what back, in my, back in the day, like we used to do what was called a um, blind roll and we would just, just roll with our eyes closed. What? And everything is just all feel sense. And and you get, and you actually hit good moves because you're taking risks and you're not hesitant in what you want to do mm. with the moves you want to do. So you just roll with your eyes closed and get someone to watch to make sure that you don't bump into walls or anything like that. But so that's a really good <laughs> exercise to do, um, just to get in that zone. And I tell you what's a really good movie. You should watch Hammer. It's called Hammer, Hammer. starring uh, Mark Hamill. Okay. He was he's was like one of the greatest college wrestlers in college. Went to UFC. Won his I think he won his season of Ultimate Fighter. He's completely deaf. And they did a movie about his life. Rich Frank, really? Rich Franklin's in it, and the whole movie—you'll love this, Joe. Yeah. Whole movie is majority of it is spoken in sign language, and all the actors, like the actual guy who played Mark Hamill, and all the actors in the college and all that—they were all deaf, so they're, they're all speaking sign language. Legit. Oh, I the remember. Sound of
0: Metal. Yeah, I know that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. called
1: um, it's called The Hammer. Real good film starring uh, Mark Hamill and his life progressing from his college career to UFC and what he had to go through as a deaf athlete. To get to um, winning like college gold, adventure of the UFC, and becoming like easily one of the greatest um, best college wrestlers that was at that time, real good film. The um the hammer, I think it's called the hammer. The, I think it's called the hammer. I even just put that Mark Hamill movie. If I go Mark film.
0: Hamill, that takes me to Star Wars. Mark Matt, Matt Hamill,
1: sorry, Matt Hamill, Matt Hamill, Matt Hamill, Matt, Matt, Hamill, Matt Hamill. Yeah, Man. Matt Hamill, and like all majority of the actors of that film were actually real death, real death guys, death guys and girls. Wow. It's all spoken in Spanish. It got mad. It's got mad reviews, like Sundance Film Vessel, '98 on like Rotten Tomatoes. It was like made with like a budget of like fifty bucks, you know, B grade. But the acting and the script is superb, and the Aww, soundtrack is I've superb. I've gotta watch this. this it's is really good. You can, it's, you can watch it on YouTube. So it's on YouTube. No way. But you just gotta. It's on YouTube. But you just gotta get through the um, the Spanish subtitles. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's. But fine. it it is on YouTube, and it's a really good film. Okay. And there's a scene where, because he's deaf, right? And he's like, oh, man, no one understands me. And he's like, literally, what he does to get in his um, alone time, get in the zone, where he lives in America, there's a waterfall ravine. So he, he would just sit into the ravine of the waterfall and just let the waters crash through his head, crash through his ears. And it's, it's a scene where Par- camera pans out and he's just lying in the waterfall bed. as It's just... just um, just pass through your head and all he can hear is just the water just going past his ears as he gets into the zone uh, and, he's, and, he, and he's in a full college suit because he just got back from college prom and his um, girlfriend dumped him so he, so he goes to his little quiet place near the waterfall just lays into the river and just lets the water crash into him and every time before he gets on the mat to compete you just hear everything just zone out zoom
0: that's how I see how sometimes I <laughs> feel you know all that
1: kind of stuff you know it's it's just all he hears is just the the slaps of the body limbs coming together that's all he hears and he gets into the zone you can hear pin drops and everything goes black and it's just him in the room he doesn't see anyone in the crowd he doesn't see the the coach he just sees him and the opponent and he gets in the zone zoom laser focus it's like that when the bass drops when Flash gets into the, um, the, um, the, the speed force in the extended cut and everything goes zoom
0: Oh, that was one of the best. Oh, that's such a good that scene. scene. Oh, that I scene. was crying. It's it's a crying. shame. It's a shame about the fucking actor though. I know. He's oh, Ezra.
1: Yeah, poor guy.
0: Ezra He's Miller. Just, well, he just keeps getting himself into bloody trouble all I the know. time. Now that Flash movie's been pushed back, uh, God knows how many times. Yeah. And now after the whole Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, everyone was like, "Fuck, we need that Flash movie." But the thing is, they just can't get it out. You know, it's just it's, I honestly feel like that movie is doomed. To fail now no. Because of the setbacks The changing directors And now the actor Ezra Miller I know All the shit he's getting into Poor guy Anyway man So We're heading up just to the end of this man Before we let you out of here My man It's always fucking good to have you Is there any Any like I know this is a bit weird I suppose But is there any small Bits of knowledge Stoic wisdom That you want to drop on us Before we let you go Okay
1: Two cents, Joe. At the end of the day, people will not like you for whatever reason at all. You can do all the best things. You can help a lady cross the the road, all that whatnot. But at the end of the day, people are just not going to like you whatever what you do. But that's okay. That's okay, Joe. You know what? Because at the end of the day, the only people that matter to you are your friends, your close friends, your close five, your family, your parents, and maybe your children. They're the only people that the opinions matter, you. and of course, maybe your head coach if you're doing jiu-jitsu or that whatnot. You know, the guy that is messaging you or not messaging you on Instagram that you've never even met or you've met a few times, his opinion doesn't matter, Joe. I don't care who he is. I've never met you. I've met you maybe once, twice in your life. I don't care if you've got something to say, but the people that are close to you, the people who are grinding with you, the people who are doing life with you, the people who are sharing your success, sharing your downfalls, the people who are messaging you at one a.m. when you're down or when you're celebrating, you know, you're out with the boys. They're the opinions that matter, okay? Because at the end of the day, you know who. Uh, am I gonna lose sleep to a guy that I've never even met or someone that I've maybe met once in my life? No. I'm gonna get some great sleep knowing that I hung out with this person today, I had a great conversation with this person today, I managed to um, you know, kiss my spouse, um see you later, have fun at work, I managed to do all those things. I managed to I uh, take my children out to the park, or that, whatnot. I managed to do all those things, you know what I'm Got saying? kids? Oh, no <laughs> in a of point of view, Joe. In a of oh, point sorry, of view. Sorry. You know what I mean? I managed to do all those things. So why Am I going to waste all these great opportunities with the people that I do care and I do trust and I do value over someone or some people that I've probably never even met or who i met once or twice? You know what I mean? Because like I said, the people, whatever, just weren't like you. But that's not on me. That's on them. I'm going to get some great sleep and they're going to still be thinking about me. Take that.
0: All right. And just for clarification, he just dropped his vape. That was a literal vape drop. Let's get drinking. All right. right, that's all for tonight, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Jamil, thank you very much, my man. Now, where can they find you? Just obviously, we're going to do this. Early. Oh, yes.
1: So, you could, um, you can find me on social media. I have only one Instagram account, and that is coffee dots and Chokes. Coffee. Dots and chokes at Instagram.com. You can find me, you can find my interviews, you can find my reels, you can find my posts, you can find my stories. There, I will offer you nothing but an impeccable jiu jitsu grappling experience. Good laughs, good fun, good, good joy, good very good memes. memes. I'm the meme king, baby. King king. I go out <laughs> and wake up every 6 a.m. every morning just to find meme for you peasants, so you better <laughs> appreciate it. Okay, so you can find me on there. And don't forget, guys, Joe Turner. Joe Turner is a man, not the rapper Joe Turner. the not that guy from Australian Idol 2004, Joe Turner, but that the... Joe Turner rapper? yes, he a Joe rapper? Yes. He was in Australian Idol 2004, and he had that song called These Kids. These kids are struggling. You know, that song. He, it was a big hit. Um, I appreciate sure it was Joe Turner. Um, You can find him on his um, Buy Me a Coffee page, support the podcast, support the last set, support all his new guests he got on.
0: Why? Yeah, Joe right. Turner. It's a big hit. It's
1: actually a good song, and it's hit and the it's, the beat behind it is him beatboxing the whole time. It was a big hit in two thousand four. Right, Joe Turner.
0: That is it, guys. Thank you very much for listening to like last Kapow! episode. Podcast. Thank you, Jamil, and that is game.